Good morning. And Merry Christmas to everyone here. Happy to have you join us uh, for this Christmas Eve service. Can you guys hear me okay? All right. Luke chapter 1 is going to be our scripture text this morning. As we talk about Mary's song, Mary's song, let's uh, say a word of prayer and we'll take a look here. Father God, we are uh, grateful to be here, grateful uh, for your only son who came to this earth to be in the likeness of man, gave up the throne. And I pray, Father, that you will just bless our time as we worship and honor and study your word. Pray that you'll just guide and lead us in your steps. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In today's passage, we're going to talk about the time when Mary visited Elizabeth, her cousin. Both ladies are pregnant at this point of history. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary is pregnant with Jesus Christ. Luke tells us that Mary enters her cousin's house. John the Baptist leaped for joy in Elizabeth's belly. It caused Elizabeth to cry out a blessing on Mary. There there had to have been so much joy and happiness in this exchange. Emotions were strong that day. And I don't know about you all, but I always turn on music when I'm emotional. I have a playlist on Apple Music for almost every emotion. I have music I like to chill to, right? I have a music that I like to groove to. I have a playlist when I feel down. I have a dance playlist when I feel excited. And Mary this morning... We're looking at this story of how she responds to this amazing news, this amazing exchange, and she responds by writing a song. How amazing is that? Let's read those lyrics together in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. It says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to all those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to to Abraham and his descendants forever even as he said to his, to our fathers. I think the lyrics to this song that we read this morning will be helpful for us as we experience the many emotions of Christmas. For example, Mary here is very humble. She's humble. 
She is humbled by this experience. Verse 48 says that she recognizes that God has been mindful of her humble state. Because Mary wasn't rich. Mary wasn't some kind of celebrity. She didn't have an Instagram. She wasn't a priestess in the temple or a religious elite. She wasn't a powerful politician born in any kind of royalty. Mary was a simple girl who was pledged to be married to a simple man. And yet God chose her to carry his only son in her belly. God chose her to raise, love, kiss, hug on his only son. And she got to watch the son of God take his first steps, speak his first words. She nursed him when he was sick, rocked him to sleep when he was tired. What an awesome and humbling opportunity. And as we read the Christmas story this morning, we should be humbled as well to gather with friends and families to celebrate this story. We should be humbled this Christmas to receive the greatest gift in the world. Could you imagine any other kind of response? Could you imagine if Mary was not humbled by this gift? I mean, last year I asked for a, a, a limb trimmer, one of those tree trimmers. It's got a long pole, and it's got like a little saw on the end. I wanted one of those for Christmas. And it's the only thing I asked for last Christmas. Can you imagine if I had gotten that and said, well, it's about time. Or if I got that gift and said, that's what I deserve. Thank me. No, we are humbled when we receive gifts. Mary was humbled, and we're humbled this morning. As I'm reminded of Paul's words in Romans chapter 5, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's a humbling truth. And of course, Mary is filled with gratitude. She's humbled, but she's also grateful. And the song just goes on and on about how grateful she is. I imagine the amount of thankfulness she had had to have been so overwhelming. Sometimes the feeling of gratitude is so overwhelming we don't know what to say. Long ago, there was a British poet. He was a famous writer. He'd blessed many people. And even before he died, he had made quite a bit of money selling his poems and short stories. A, a, a newspaper uh, reporter came up to, Mr., uh, to, to the writer and said, I read that someone calculated the money you made from your writings was well over $100 a word. Whew. So uh, the writer, you know, he just raised his eyebrows. Said, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. And so this reporter pulls out a crisp $100 bill, 
hands him that $100 bill and says, will you give me one of those $100 words? The writer responded with, thanks. <laughs> that word, thanks, is sometimes all we can say when we're filled with gratitude. Last week, uh, our children presented their uh, children's musical. We watched as Malachi wrestled with the question asked by his teacher, what gift would you bring Jesus for his birthday? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they're not household items today. Jesus didn't need disposable diapers or a pack and play. Maybe the best gift we could bring Jesus is our gratitude. The psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We should, in gratitude, uh, come to our God. And I think the, the final emotion that I want to unpack is that Mary was just very aware of what was happening around her. Look at, again in verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham. What, what does Israel and Abraham have to do with this pregnancy that she's now experiencing? Well, she's, she's aware. She's recognizing that this, this, this tiny little child inside of her represents a promise made to Abraham, renewed in Moses. It's a promise made to David, but realized in the birth of Jesus Christ. She was aware that God keeps his promises and that her pregnancy is directly linked to these promises that God made in the Old Testament. True Christian awareness is understanding what is happening now is completely linked to what happened then. The Bible, the church, communion, they're all intertwined with the story of God and Jesus. We don't need to put a separation up between what we call Christian and secular. Notice that Jesus' birth happens... In the middle of the ordinary, a census being taken up. In the middle of a manger. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, it's because of Eve's sin that women will always experience pain during childbirth. And yet within that story, Mary is about to experience the pain of childbirth in the birth of God's only son. Christian awareness is understanding that even in pregnancy and birth, the story of God is unfolding. The awareness that the story of God is unfolding. Humbled, gratitude, awareness. We come together with all these emotions Remembering the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's talk about communion for a minute. Jesus' final meal happened during Passover feast. Passover is a Jewish celebration of the exodus of Egypt through the leadership of Moses. 
Jesus takes that meal, which is, which, uh, is the unleavened bread and wine, and he intertwines it with his story. And it then becomes the body and blood. The bread and wine, which was connected to the Passover event, now intertwines with the crucifixion event. So as Christians, we're participating in the work of God when he released the Israelites from Egypt, and we are participating with the atoning death of his only son. Awareness is realizing that God is always at work. Jesus says this in John chapter 5. My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. And Jesus said this on a Sabbath when he was being criticized for healing on the Sabbath, for bringing wholeness on the Sabbath. And it's all intertwined. They were not aware. We need to be aware and grateful and humbled at this time. As our worship team comes up, we are going to be uh, singing another song, an appropriate one, one that uh, Mark Lowry wrote years ago. Mary, did you know? We know the answer to that. She knew. <laughs> she knew. She had the awareness that God's only son was inside of her. We come around this table this morning to celebrate not only his birth, but his death and resurrection. And I invite you to go to one of these three communion stations that are set up and take the cups and hold and reflect as we sing this song. And then Carl will come up and share with us and we will take these cups together. Will you stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, this morning we say thank you. We are grateful for the amazing sacrifice of your only son. We are humbled to be able to experience his death and resurrection through communion, humbled that you have called us your children. And Father, we're very much aware that what is happening now is the unfolding of your plan, of your power and your might and your atoning sacrifice for this world. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll bless this time as we together take communion to remember your son. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.